Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, my 5'8", Natty's out again today. He had his a uh, daughter born yesterday, so congratulations to Natty wherever he's listening from. We're lucky enough to have Timmy Williams from the Supercoach Playbook. Timmy, how are we, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm uh, more of a fullback centre in my time on the field, so you're playing me out of position at 5'8", but uh, look, it's good to get a call up after debuting for you a few weeks back. Jeez, I love a dual position, fullback centre wing, <laughs> Supercoach Gold, welcome. Uh, no, good to be along, mate. Mate, Thursday night, we've got the Newcastle Knights and the Brisbane Broncos. Who do you like here? Uh, look, mate, it, it's hard not to go with the Knights, isn't it? They're, they're the obvious call. They've really lifted this year. Um, Pong is just playing out of his skin. I mean, he's only had that, only had the two games behind the new rules. He missed the first one back after the season was postponed. But um, the Broncos, for me, there's just too many changes going on and I'm certainly not writing them off this week or going forward. I think once they get the likes of Dave, Dave Fafita back and a couple of others, they've got T, TPJ back this week, I think they can make a run for the top eight and have a bit of an impact come September or October, whenever finals are. But, mate, it's just about getting a bit of stability in that lineup, which they don't have at the moment. There is nothing I love more, Supercoach-wise, than rolling the dice with TPJ. He is just the <laughs> fucking juggernaut, isn't he? He would come out, and he was really, really good to start the year, actually. I think off the top of my head, it was so long ago now, but um, he banged out 80 or 90 or something big in round one, and it just then he got suspended. And, like, he can go so big so quickly, but it's just inevitable that he's getting sin-binned or suspended or oh, he's a roller coaster. Mate, between brain explosions, hamstrings, quads, he is just – he is the full basket, isn't he? He's oh. – I've had him in draft a few times, and good God, it's painful. Mate, I'm looking at Kalen Pongi. You mentioned him before. Uh, you know, obviously, fullback is such an important position. Dare I say Kalen Pong has got better this week with Lachlan Fitzgibbon returning? Spot on there, mate. Kalen Pong is such a left-side, strong-side player, and he's developed his right-side play, but his left-to-right passing is not on the same level as, as his right-to-left. 
and it goes the same for his step. His little jink on his right foot out to the left, he just skins his opposing half or half or back row or whoever he gets isolated on every time. Um, and then, yeah, Lockie Fitzgibbon playing off his hip. There's him, Bradman Best, and then Eddie Lee, and it just brings them all into play so much. Like, Bradman Best has been exceptional so far, but a lot of that's had to do with how good Pong has been just on that left edge. You speak about he's improving on the right side. I think he's starting to play about 10% on the right side, which is 10% up from last year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly right, mate. Uh, mate, Bradman Best, you mentioned him. He is just – like I spoke to him at the start of the year on my podcast and was just I, – I was blown away at how he was just the most humble bloke I've ever met. I sort of was talking to him thinking, fuck, are you a footballer? I, I, I don't know about this. And he's <laughs> just come out like a maniac, hasn't he? Mate, he has like – Imagine trying to tackle the bloke. He's stocky. He's hard. He's got speed about him. Like, one-on-one, he's got that. I mean, he's a bigger than Matt Newtype. He's got that Matt Newtype vibe to him where you try and tackle him one-on-one. He's got that low center of gravity. He just knocks you over. Oh, mate, he's a, he's a very good talent. Another bloke that's impressed me from Newcastle over the last few weeks, and I, I didn't think he'd hold his spot for long, but and supercoach-wise, he's flying too. Kurt Mann? Mate, isn't he ever? I think he's averaging about 55 in supercoach. I picked him up at the start of the year um, as a, I think it was about 280k when I did. He looked pretty locked into that 5'8 role. He's really cemented that role. I think he punched out 71 last week. Um, making big money. He's got a low break even. And, you know, he's, he's getting to the point now where you can play him in your, your top 17 pretty comfortably um, as a bit of a stopgap. And, and, you know, he's, there's been very few weeks he's scored under 50 points. So, yeah, the K-man's looking the goods. Mate, I watch him play footy, and at halftime, I get out my phone, and I go, oh, if he's on 15, I'll be happy. And without a doubt, he's on 22, 23. And then I get to full time, and I think, oh, fuck, if Kurt Mann got to 35, I'll be stoked. And he's always 50 or 60. He just, he finds points, doesn't he? He does, mate. He gets quite involved in defense. He's always been a really good defender. I know down at the Dragons, they had massive raps on him and loved him for his defense. And it's hard work for a utility who spent time between wing, fullback, centre, 5'8". Like, he's incredibly versatile, even hooker, to go into these new positions. The game's always evolving, but he always does such a good job wherever he's played. So he's just an absolute dream, dream boat for a bloody to have a coach for a coach these days. Tell me about in Supercoach Classic, we've got this just plethora of hookers pouring out of Brisbane at the moment. Do you go near their starting hooker? I did. I have twice. I actually got on Jake Turpin a couple of weeks ago. Um, when he was locked into 80 minutes, when Andrew McCulloch left, I jumped on Turpin because he was available as a dual halfback hooker. Um, he came out, played really well, made about 50 or 60 tackles. He was really cheap, so he was going to make good money. Of course, he got injured, so he was gone for four to six weeks. Corey Pax comes in. I got Pax straight away just because he was worth 170K, you know, bargain basement available at uh, halfback as well. Um, and then now they've obviously got Isaac Luke there who looks like he's a fair chance of coming onto the bench. He'll lead into a few of Pax's minutes. So if you own Pax like I do, I'm still happy enough, but I wouldn't be buying him. Yeah, there's no point buying him now. I think there's just too much mystery surrounding him at the moment with what's going to happen there. Let's move to Friday, 6pm. South Sydney Rabbitohs, New Zealand Warriors, mate. I was very happy last week. I brought in <laughs> Latrell Mitchell into my centres. I... um. I actually traded out Katoni Staggs, brought in Latrell Mitchell, so that sort of worked out for me on a double whammy. I also brought in Damian Cook, who I thought he did well, he scored well, but I thought he looked more dangerous than his score showed. He's a bit of a funny one, Cookie, at the moment, isn't he? <clears throat> we know he's been like the 
well, the premier hooker for the last two years. I, actually, Cam Smith was the top scoring player in Supercoach last year, but I, I think Cook had a higher average. But Cook's a guy who you'd think would absolutely thrive behind these new rules with the quicker ruck, the quicker play of the ball, the six again and that. Um, just some of them slower tiring forwards. And he will, but in Supercoach, it's not quite showing at the moment. He's just... He came out earlier in the year and said he was going to take a bit of a focus on um, his playmaking, his organising, the more of that Cameron Smith sort of role, and he's taken the focus away from his uh, his actual ball running. Um, and I I think it's a mistake on their behalf because you know I mean he didn't come out and say he wanted to be like Cameron Smith, but you focus on your strengths and Cameron uh, Damian Cook's strength is running. Like we all know that, so I'd like to see him start running the ball a bit more before jumping onto him. Mate, for me this year, it's been a very un-Wayne Bennett sort of year. I feel like there's been a lot of little side tactics and, you know, moving Cameron Murray around. I think they're just getting away from the basics that are going to work for them. Yeah, you're right. And Wayne Bennett is such a traditionally a a pick-and-stick kind of coach. You know, he picks Cam Murray on an edge. He backs himself. He'd leave him there in the past. You know, he's chopped and changed his centres around a little bit, which has been a bit of a result as James Roberts having a few things going on off the field as well. But... Mate, I think the big thing for me, particularly with the forward pack, since the season resumed, there's these new rules that have come in and coaches are learning on their feet. They're trying to work out how to best coach and how to best name a side to suit the new rules. And it's looking more and more like your Cam Murray's at lock and your Brandon Smith's and your Victor Radley's, these lighter, more nimble sort of forwards. They're having the biggest impact. So I think that's why we're seeing a stack of benches, bench formats change every week, and this week was probably the best example of it. Um, they're all still trying to work out the best way to approach it. And, mate, I don't think there's been a tougher time ever to be an NRL coach than the last four weeks because you can, you can get the perfect bench, you can set a perfect plan, then you cop four, six again restarts in the first 10 minutes, and you're just out of gas. There's just no coming back from it. It's, it's an extremely difficult gig at the moment. It is, absolutely, and it's... Uh, and that's why we saw at the, uh, at the Raiders, we'll get to them a little bit later, but Dynamis Louis was dropped this week. Like He was a key cog in their, whether you like it or not with Dynamis, uh, in their grand final side last year. I'd, he hasn't missed a game in a long, long time for the Raiders, and he's been dropped from the Raiders this week. Ricky Stewart's gone with a four-forward bench, a bit more of a nimble forward approach, um, because <clears throat> if your side does get on the back foot, you can't really afford to have a, a little back on the bench as cover. You need these forwards coming on. You need them to be fresh and I think that's probably what we're seeing at the moment. We'll talk about it more later, but if the Raiders miss Dynamis, I'll eat my fucking hat. I know. I'm not against it at all, but I am. I'm surprised it took so long. The New Zealand Warriors, um, you know, they've really impressed me the last few weeks. One guy that I I don't know what's going on there. I absolutely love Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, but he's just he's just not as involved in their attack at the moment, is he? A funny one. Yeah, I mean... Playing, we've seen Cody Nickarima been quite good the last few weeks. Blake Green's improving. Of whether I still think he's sort of getting very much towards the end of his tenure as an NRL player. But yeah, Rogers a guy who you think would be tailor made for these new rules and the quicker arc. But he just he's just not quite injecting himself like we've seen in the past. It's almost like he's playing a little bit underdone injury wise or something. I'm um, not saying that's the case, but yeah, I, I don't really know why he hasn't thrived as much as we we've probably expected. I think if I was a Roger owner in Classic, I think it's time to jump off him. I just, you know, if he's, if they're playing the way they are and using him the way they are and they're seemingly doing all right, I don't see them changing it too dramatically anytime soon. Yeah, look, I think 
In Supercoach Classic, you've got three fullbacks to pick behind, and that's James Tedesco, who we'll talk a little bit more about later, I'm sure. Uh, Caelan Ponga um, at the main two, and then obviously Tommy Chaboyevic. And outside of them three, um, little Ryan Pappenhausen hasn't quite hit his straps as we hope to at a, about 500k, which has been unfortunate. But um, Roger, who's been a gun Supercoach player in the past, he's not going to go to that elite level of the other ones. Um, and unfortunately, part of, part of that reason is that he's playing for the Warriors, who aren't the best attacking outfit. They're struggling for a bit of go forward, and it's impacting his scoring a heap. In the Warriors pack, a few guys have really impressed me. Uh, Jermaine Tanua Brown, I've been blown away by him. I think if he manages just to snag an extra 10 minutes a game or so at some point, he could be anything. And obviously, the back rowers, Katoa and Tohu Harris, fuck, they're some footballers, aren't they? Mate, you're not wrong that. The, the points per minute, the output and the work rate of Tanua Brown is unbelievable. Like, and you're spot on. If you can get another 10 minutes of game time, he'll be a weapon in Supercoach. And he's made good money for owners, but I think he only played about 36 or 38 minutes on the weekend, which isn't quite enough. And then um, Eliezer Katoa, mate, he started a bargain basement price. He's almost 400K now, pumped out 80 on the weekend. He's playing 80 minutes, which is the big thing. So... He's a guy that we got dirt cheap and you can safely play in your 17 every week. He, mate, he reminds me a heap of Viliami Kikau and that's stayed in the obviously in that he's a, he's a big body. He's playing on the edge, which we don't really see with guys that big. But you see Cody Nikarima isolate the opposition half and get Katoa one-on-one with him. You can't stop him. And it's the exact same thing that Cleary does with Kikau. And, mate, good luck trying to bring him down one-on-one. I think that's the biggest thing about Katoa. They know how to use him. They use him effectively, and it just it makes such a difference. Like it's so good to see Cleary back because I really think that Kikau has been wasted out there whilst he hasn't been there. Absolutely, mate. And it, it it does come back to the halves and the ability of the halves to isolate that opposing defender. You know, they dig into the line, they get them one on one. It's it's a real talent that's probably underappreciated. Cooper Cronk was the king of it. Um, and the, his ability to get his back row one-on-one with the opposing half, um, there was no one better at it. What about this Warriors extended bench? It could be better than their starting side. Fusatua, Parsi, <laughs> Harris, Tavita, and, and Papa Lee. Unbelievable. There's, there's going to be changes there, surely. Well, off the top of my head, them four blokes all started for the Warriors in round one. I'm not sure if Parsi started or if he was off the bench, but I know the other three certainly were. Um Fusatua is the guy that stands out, doesn't he? He looks like he'll probably come straight in. He was playing centre at the start of the year um, after playing his whole career in the wing, but you'd have to think probably Patrick Herbert or Adam Pompey would be the one to make way, and they'll keep Hiku and Beal in the centres. But, I mean, yeah, that'd be the one for me. And then Papa Lee, no, you just can't seem to get a decent crack, big Papa. I think I'd be finding a spot for Parsi on my bench here, to be honest with you. I'm with you, mate. I am... Um, I mean, I haven't, I don't know too much about Big King, but um, Jack Murchie gets rated as a handy footballer, but he's more of an edge player. Um, you know, Parsi's a, a very good middle. Papa Lee, he, he can play edge or middle, so they're not short of options, but I'm, I'm with you, mate. I think their reserves are far stronger than their interchange. And then I like Harris Tavita at 14 as well. Let's move to the uh, 7.55 game Friday night. Penrith Panthers, Melbourne Storm. Going to be an absolute cracker. Really looking forward to this one. For Penrith, um, not a heap of changes here. Obviously, Liam Martin comes in for Cape Or. Wasn't that a complete and utter fucking disaster? Mate, absolutely reeling. I was um, I was a Kurt Capel owner. I'm watching that. Your heart just sinks as a super coach diehard. Um, it was, I was put at ease a bit later in the round. I had Ted Tedesco as captain, so I can't complain too much. But, yeah, Caper went down very early. He's about eight to ten weeks, I think. So uh, the one good thing out of it is that 
as an Isaiah Yo owner who's about 50% owned in Supercoach, I think he pretty well looks locked into an 80-minute role now. There's no threat of him losing minutes at the moment with um, no Kurt Capel. Mate, in my main draft team, I've got the entire left edge here. I've got Kickout, Luai, Crichton and Mansour. And it has blown me away that Crichton and Luai are still holding their spot. I thought they would have been gone by now. Mate, <laughs> Blake gave Crichton an absolute bloodbath in that last 10 the other day, didn't he? And that's something when you get when you get in school by Wong and Blake twice in 10 minutes. Um, and, and look, it's, Stephen Crichton's young. He's going to have a big future in the NRL. But, mate, he, unfortunately, he lost Penrith that game. It wasn't pretty. It, yeah, it was not pretty at all. I, I honestly didn't think he'd be there. I'm still not confident he's going to be there on the weekend, to be perfectly honest with you. I see um, uh, Naden still on the extended bench. Wouldn't shock me at all if we see a change there. Um, Liam Martin really impressed me in the back row the other night. He's got a huge future ahead of him. Liam Martin's always been such a good footballer. He's just stuck at, not stuck at, but he's at this club where minutes in the back row are just so hard to come by with, you know, kick out. James Fisher-Harris played nearly all last year at lock. I know he's still playing as a middle four, but yeah, kick out. Yo, they've now got Capewell. Poor old Martin can't do much more to get a starting spot. And now as a result of the Capewell injury, he's got it. But mate, isn't he a good footballer? He's hard as nails. Runs a good line too. Loves he mate, he runs a cracking line. I'm I'm a big fan of him. Just a tough little hombre. Let's move over to the Melbourne Storm. Uh no major changes here. Obviously the man we're gonna focus on is Ryan Pappenhausen. Um I've had him since day one. Is he almost if you've still got him, is he almost becoming a pot option? I feel like everyone's jumping off him. He is, mate. Um a little poor old Pappy. He's looked so good, but he just can't quite jag those attacking stats. He had a bit of a stinker on the weekend. I actually cut ties with him to go to Tedesco last weekend um, and then threw the C on Teddy. So that got me about an extra 300 points in one trade alone. It was actually a few more than that. So um, you win some, you lose some. But, yeah, look, Pappy's a guy who, you know, as soon as you trade, he'll come out and get 120 the next week. But when you've got them, the big three fullbacks going as big as they can, who can go 150 to 200 on any given week, I just I don't see how you can't own two of them. So I'd be cutting with Pappy if I still owned. Now, Tim, I'm just going to remind you, mate, that's your count's up to two of mentioning how many times you captain Teddy on the weekend. Only two. Only two. Yeah, we haven't spoken oh, about God. the Chooks yet. You're already up to two, yeah? So watch yourself because I was someone <laughs> that got absolutely fisted by James Tedesco on the weekend. He cost me just about every game I was in except one draft comp and about 10,000 Spots in Supercoach Classic. We'll get to him, though. A guy in one of my draft teams that I've got that I've, I've loved for a long time, and I'm so happy to see him land in Melbourne, land with Craig Bellamy. Branko Lee, he's looked good, hasn't he? I knew you were going to say that, mate. I, I might have even been last time I was on the podcast and we spoke about Branko as a draft pickup. I had him locked in as a Classic buy for round one at just over 300K, which he is now. He's just tailor-made for Supercoach. Remember a couple of years there at the Dogs where they had a just a dead our attacking outfit, couldn't put a point on the board and Brenko was just going off tap, pulling offloads, tries, tries this out of his butt. Um, mate, he's in a Melbourne system now where they're so good defensively. Bellamy is such a methodical coach in getting players to, you know, to focus on the one job. So he's where he needs to be. Um, whether or not he can do a job in defence to keep Bellyache happy and stay in that 17, I'm not convinced, but... For, yeah, for draft players, there'd be the odd waiver that um, Brenko would still be out there, so snap him up if you can. 
He's one that I've loved for years, and I've honestly, I have never looked at him once except for the last two weeks and gone, oh, fuck, you actually look pretty fit. I think he's looking great at the moment. Yeah, mate, and, and you can see it, Carton. He's one of them guys who always returns to round one when he's starting, and there's a little pot belly hanging out, but Brenko's looking all right, dare I say it, so he, he could be the man this year. And no doubt his defense has always been a massive issue, but... Mate, to be honest with you, if he was going to get caught out, I thought it would have been last week with Ponga and Bradman Best just peppering him. But he seemed to hold up all right. So, fingers crossed I'm probably uh, looking at it through my personal glasses, though. Three o'clock on Saturday, we've got the Gold Coast Titans, St. George, Illawarra Dragons. Corey Thompson makes his debut at fullback. I I don't know. Does he? Do, if he's on your waiver-wise, do you go after him? Yeah, I would. Um Thompson's been a good super coach player in the past. And the thing is with Thompson, he's been good as, as recently as last year and the year before in a Tigers outfit who have been terrible in attack. So the Titans, I don't think, are going to be much worse in attack this year than we have seen with the Tigers the last couple of years. So if you can lock him in as, as a cheap, you know, potentially fourth centre wing for you, um, I'm not against it at all. Brian Kelly moves back to centre. It, uh, it, mate, it blew me away that he wasn't the centre for round one. Couldn't believe it. If he's not the best back on the Gold Coast, I'll give it away. He's an exceptional footballer, isn't he? I, I love, always have loved Brian Kelly. He's got a few defensive liabilities in him, but, mate, I can't remember who was it last weekend that he schooled one-on-one on the wing there. Geez, he's a good footballer. He can move. He's damn good. Um... The other one I want to talk to you about in the Titans, I've got him in one of my draft teams and I'm sort of just holding him to see what happens. And I saw little glimpses the other day of that confidence coming back. Bryce Cartwright. I knew you were going to say it, mate. You're a dirty man. Oh, Carty. He's like, we know what he can be, don't we? Like, he was the best scoring super coach player. Had the top average, I think it was, in 2016 or 17. Was just was out of this world. Speaking of blokes, he was tailor-made for super coach. But he just... He just doesn't want to tackle. And, you know, you were saying you couldn't believe Brian Kelly wasn't there. I can't believe Bryce Cartwright is there at the moment. And, you know, maybe he's getting a bit of confidence back. But you have him. Is he, I mean, is he still defending on the same edge as Ash Taylor or have they switched him over to get him away from each other? No, I think they were still defending together. He was – wait, no, no, no. Actually, he, he was on the right side on the weekend. Is that where Ash is? No, he's on the left, isn't he, Ash? No, I'm not too sure. But – because I remember seeing them – I remember – no, they were, Ash was Ash is a right side. I'm pretty sure Ash plays right side. And they had Cardi on the same edge. It's opposition to just going, how good is this? Our game plan is so simple. Just get get a second row run and crash ball straight at them too. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think they might have switched Cardi edges to break them up. There was just a little glimpse. There was a few offloads and a kick <laughs> he put into Don that he missed by about half a meter. That That's I thought, oh, Cardi does. It's we've got Cardi movement. Does. Hold on. Yeah. I um I don't mind him. He's played 80 minutes the last two weeks, and I mean, if, I don't think there's ever been a better time for him to play the Dragons. Hopefully, they can get a win on the board, and he gets a bit of confidence. Jai Arrow, mate, he's I think he's the worst centre I've ever seen. Oh, what mate. was doing there? How how on earth does that footy team? How did Cartwright not end up at centre before Jai Arrow? How did Peachy not end up there? I couldn't believe it. Oh, what's going on, Matt? The, what I want to know with what's going on with the with the high-performance program of the Titans. I don't think I've ever seen a more injury-prone club in my time on this earth. They just... I've never seen anyone pick up so many injuries. It's year after year. Jai Arrow is one of them. And then their team is just all over the shop through games. Now we see Arrow playing centre. So, I mean, Tyrone Peach is one of the best utilities in the NRL or was in previous lives. (laughs) Um, And he couldn't get a start at centre. 
It's going to be interesting to see uh, when Jairo does arrive at South Sydney if the injuries um, continue. And it will. I'd, and it's, it's, it can't be coincidence that year after year after year we're seeing the Titans use a substantial amount of players from their roster. Yes, part of that is that they're not winning that many games of football, so they have to try things. But, um, you know, the best teams in the competition, your Melbournes, your Canberras, your Roosters, they're using less players every year and getting less injuries every year. And it... I mean, I don't think that's coincidence. No, but that, and that, that's what I'm saying. It'll be interesting when Jairo arrives at South Sydney, if it all sorts of, sort of starts to uh, clear up a bit for him. It'll be very interesting, and fuck, he'll be one hell of a super coach player there, won't he? Who knows? I hope it does, because I hope it does. He's an exceptional footballer, like, and he's, he could be an absolute elite super coach player if he gets a regular sort of 65 to 70 minutes, but whether or not his body holds up, I'm not sure. As for the Dragons, uh, obviously the big talking point here is Cam McInnes um, starting at hooker will likely move to lock again, I would assume, unless Mary decides to mess around with this lineup for no apparent reason again. I thought they looked great the other day with McInnes playing lock and Hunt at hooker. I wouldn't be changing that. They did look better. And, I mean, look, whether or not halfback or hooker is Ben Hunt's best spot, for a club that can't win a game of football, they finally got a couple of points on the board. You can't change a winning formula, can you? Matty Dufty looked exceptional last week. He uh, He's absolutely lightning. Looked really good in them backline movements. So uh, they'll stick to what they've got. Um, and then the interesting one there as well, as far as next weekend goes, um, Jack DeBellin's got his court case, I think, Monday coming up. So if he gets off there, whether or not he comes back into the starting side and impacts that McInnes-Hunt rotation, I mean, probably one for next week, but something to look at. If he's sitting on your waiver wire, I would grab him this week and just Absolutely. plug him in a hole somewhere and just wait, roll the dice, see what happens. It's it's I, yeah, it's so worth the punt. I did it with our um, draft side during the break. I thought his his court case was going to be a little bit early, and I thought I'd pull a bit of a, a sneaky one on, but um, that didn't achieve too much. So you wouldn't believe it, but I actually had a look through that for him too, and he was wasn't there. I was filthy. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. you had him. Uh, mate, the other one that, <laughs> fuck, he absolutely did my head in on the weekend. Fui Mayano, I thought he was a lock for 50 points out in the center wings. Absolutely ruined me. It still bamboozles me that he played 58 minutes for about, what did he get, 26, 28 points or something. I don't know how you can have that lower work rate, in, particularly in a winning team, um, in that many minutes. So, I mean, I nearly brought him into my classic side in centre wing just because I thought, same as you'd be a plug for 50 points at bugger all price, plenty of cash to be made, and he just flopped. Mate, I can't tell you how disappointed I was in that. Absolutely filthy. Uh, 5.30 Saturday, we've got the West Tigers up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Lucy Leilu has been named. He should get an Academy Award for that performance the other night. My God. Mate, I'm an owner of Luciano, so... Uh, I'm having for him to put on a performance, but come back onto the field, mate. I couldn't believe that. There was the crutches out. There was two blokes carrying him. You, th- you thought he lost a foot. It takes me had to BJ Lua about, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year, but it must have been two years ago. I was a BJ owner early in the season, massive potty, been scoring well, went off with a hamstring injury or an ankle injury about three minutes into the game. They got the medicab out for him. Got taken off the field. He was just gone. You're thinking, torn hamstring, gone for 10 weeks, and he played next week. It's, it's a lay lower thing. Incredible. I think he's one to watch this week. You know, they're all saying. He- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He's going to play. If he doesn't, I think Cheekham is a must grab if he's sitting on your waiver wires. Such a good little footballer. And he's an unreal scorer as well. We've seen him um, real good knack for finding the try line. So a pretty nice matchup with the Cowboys as well. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see him start and play big minutes as well. And then, I mean, you've you got Matt Eisenhuth on the bench who's a middle. Thomas McKayley's a middle. Uh, I don't know a lot about Sam McIntyre, but there's minutes on the edge there for sure if, Alex, uh, if Luciano doesn't play. Eisenhuth's one that I'm a big fan of. I'm really glad to see him back in first grade. And if he manages to get a spot in that starting side, it's not looking likely, but he's only one injury away from being a really solid super coach player there. Seen him be a gun in the past. He's got a massive work work ethic on him. But, I mean, Alex Tawal's made that lock spot his own, which has sort of been Eisenhuth in the past. He can play um, up front, obviously, but I think Alex Tawal's probably the roadblock for Eisenhuth at the moment. Uh, we've got a debutante for the Cowboys. I'm not even going to attempt to say that name. Do you know how to say it? Uh, tried to do it just before, and I couldn't do it. Cool. Makes his debut. <laughs> I assume he'll be on the left wing uh, where Val Holmes was stumbling around the other night. Is there better real estate in the NRL than the left wing at the moment for the Cowboys? Oh, mate, how good is it? We saw um, – it was funny. It's been just an absolute goldmine for try scoring for Ben Handen in the first few rounds of the comp. Then we saw on the weekend – it's all been because of Val Holmes, but then Val got injured on the weekend. He went to the wing, and then the hammer jumped into fullback, and then he set Val up. It's, oh, what a spot to be. What a spot to make your debut. Are you uh, are you moving to the hammer this week, or are you going next week? Next week, um, the hammer was very impressive last week. I mean, no, we weren't shocked, were we? We saw him in the nines, which is a completely different format, but he had some amazing touches, but he's still such a raw footballer. We saw him caught short when he was on the wing in those early stages. There was a little chip put over onto his wing, and he was about 10 metres infield from where he should have been and was caught out of place. And such a raw talent, but it's also exciting. The sky's the limit for him. So I'll be waiting until next week just to make sure he's still in the side, but it looks good. I was, um, before my waiver wire was picked last week, I messaged um, Jake Marchetto who uh, I've spoken to a little bit on my page and said, oh, have you played with this kid, Hammer? And he said he's an absolute freak. He might It might take him a few weeks, but once he's got it, he's going to be an absolute superstar. It took him about 15 seconds. I always wonder with guys like the Hammer why they can't get a start. And there's guys like Ben Hampton, no disrespect to him, he was actually really good to start the year, but when they're, they're declared as absolute freaks, but they can't get a start in first grade. And it just makes you think, the abilities there, but they must have so much to learn about the game. And that's why I'm excited to see what he's got to offer because there's going to be some good, there's going to be some bad, but it's going to be an exciting watch. The Cowboys know, know their way around an exciting reserve grade winger that's going to be the next big thing, don't they? <laughs> oh, what was the other bloke's name? Um, Gidella Mosby. Wow. Yeah, getting Gidella Mosby. They had um, Wayne Alugia, who was the, the under-20 sensation back in the day. I don't even know if he made an NRL debut, but... Um, I still remember great memories of, of, of Lugia. <laughs> uh, in the front row for them, Francis Molo, he's a guy that's really impressed me the last few weeks. Yeah, he is. Another guy who he's hard to get. He's a hard man to catch because, you know, we've obviously seen Jordan McLean's out this week. So when McLean's there, it's McLean and Maguire in the front row. But you know, there's massive raps on Molo. And it's it's for there for everyone to see. He's an unreal footballer, but... 
he can't seem to win a starting spot when Maguire and McLean and Tamalola are all fit, but it might get to the point, particularly if the Cowboys aren't doing overly well, that it just says he forces Paul Green's hand and he has to start in the front row. So it'll be interesting to see if he has a big performance this week, if he holds that spot when McLean comes back. I think the hardest thing for Molo too, I think Josh McGuire is playing the best footy I've ever seen him play. Isn't he? He's getting through big minutes as well. Like the, I thought the, you know, an, an aging sort of front row, a lock, the, the new rules and the quicker ruck might have slowed him down a bit, but he's looking at goods. Uh, the biggest headache in the Cowboys side for me, I, I don't own him personally, but I know a lot of people do. Benny Hampton on the bench, just an AE nightmare there, isn't he? He is, mate. Yeah, I think time to cut ties with Benny Hampton and, I'm just trying to think how, yeah, not so many people still own him, but he made 130k for owners, and he's still owned by 20 odd percent of teams. So, break evens mid 20s, I think it is. So, I'd be getting rid of him this week if I could. Mate, 7:35 game of the week, Sydney Roosters, Parramatta Eels. Tell me about that superstar fullback, Clint Gutherson. You might, mate, I've got Clint Gutherson in my uh, in my super in my draft side. So if you want to trade him for James Tedesco, if you can sort that out for me, let's do it. Oh, mate, I'd love I'd love to trade you for one of my peanuts. Good God, it's grim. <laughs> Tell me about Teddy, mate. Teddy, mate, that oh, I moved heaven and hell to get him in my side last week with that. What I did to him a couple of weeks ago, and I I was very surprised that other people didn't do it. It's, I know it was a lot of money to fork out, but. I can't. I, I don't think anyone was too surprised to see him go 150 plus in that game. He he's unbelievable, and mate, the Roosters are just so suited suited by these new rules. I saw Matty Johns speaking at halftime. I mean, the game on Monday night, and he was talking about these guys like Crichton, Boyd, Coordinator, you know, Takiahos, Victor Radleys. They're all just quick-footed, nimble forwards who get that quick play of the ball rather than these big blocks who are slow and get the slow play of the balls and can't beat defenders. Um, and mate, off the back of it, it's the Tedesco show, isn't it? Mate, in one of my draft comps, I was I, I was in a game that I would describe as unlosable. The bloke that I was versing had <laughs> fallen asleep at the wheel. He only had ten players. He had Fitzgibbon. He had um, is it Perham, the center for the Warriors that got yeah. dropped. He had all of them in his starting team. And then we got to Sunday after we got to Sunday, and the game got cancelled because of Aiden Tolman. He had Aiden Tolman, so then he was down another player. He only had ten footballers. I was up by about five hundred, and I thought, oh. I'm going to shit in here. And I ended up getting done by 100. And I just sat there with my jaw on the floor going, what the fuck just happened? I couldn't believe it. James Tedesco scored 47% of his points over the weekend. <laughs> Mate, that is one of the all-time Supergrades draft horror stories. You're going to sleep for the next three months. Mate, his, his team average for each player was 68. Tedesco was the only one that got over 65. It was so unbelievable. With captains on. Yeah, with Captain. Yeah, just, oh, oh. I couldn't, I was just blown away, devastated. Mate, I own Brett Morris in draft. He had 140, so I can't complain. Never noticed Brett Morris out there because yeah. Teddy was giving me nightmares. No one cares about anyone else in that game because of Teddy, but he got that. Luke Keary, mate, I'm not a Keary owner, but I love him. He got about 18. How does that happen? Yeah, uh, that, that one blew me away. Uh, when I looked at that, I just thought, oh, God. <sighs> Yeah. Dreadful. Um, the halfback, Kyle Flanagan, I mean, he just continues to impress. I, I I think this will be the week that he'll be tested, though, coming up against Moses. Um, I think Moses has just gone to a new level lately and big test for Flanagan. It is, yeah. He's looked good, Flano. You spoke about that left edge of the Cowboys being a good spot to be at the moment. Imagine being the halfback for the Sydney Roosters with that team around you. He just... 
it hasn't been tough on him. He hasn't had much of an initiation to a, a regular starting role in the NRL. I know he played a bit at the Sharks, but he's just he's got that team wrapped around his finger because he's got Cooper Cronk teaching him. Um, he's got Trent Robinson, one of the best coaches in the game. And then he's got these superstars around him. Mate, I reckon you could get a run and a half back for the Roosters. Oh. oh, I don't know about it. I'll tell you what is interesting here. You've got uh, Flanagan and Keary being coached by Cooper Cronk, and you've got Brown and Moses being coached by Johns, the two best halfbacks I've seen, in my opinion. Very interesting times. Uh, the Roosters forwards, Angus Crichton, he was incredible the other night. I I still think with Orbison on the extender bench, I still think the right-back role position belongs to Orbison eventually. Uh, what are your thoughts on that little situation? With you until last week, um, I reckon Robbo's looked at it and gone that way. I'm not 100% sold on it, but what did it for me was the fact that Orbo came in and played last week. Crichton still got his 80 minutes, which was helped by the fact that they belted them and Corden got a spell. But Orbo's been named in the reserves this week. And surely they just name Orbo in the 17. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they've just named the same 1 to 21 that they named last Tuesday. Just to screw with super coaches. I, I, I think he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's got the short turnaround. He spat the <laughs> dummy. He's just gone, fuck his. Here's yeah, the 21 I, you copped two weeks ago. Yeah, I do think the Roosters, I mean, what we've seen, I think the Roosters can do a bit of a number on the Eels. We're going to learn two things from this game how much better the Roosters are than the rest of the competition and if the Eels are genuine contenders. Because if the Roosters come out and put 30 or 40 on the Eels, um, I reckon you can just about put a line through the Eels. I know that's harsh, but um, the Roosters are clearly a benchmark by a long way. So if they can't put it to them now or even get close to them, then I don't see them doing it at the end of the year. I think this is the sort of game that Brad Arthur, you know, he wouldn't want them losing by 30 or 40, but if they were to lose by just a few, I think this is one of those games that they're flying high five in a row, maybe a loss just to... Just to refocus them wouldn't be the worst thing for this young squad. Who are you um, Who are you eyeing off in the Parramatta side? Dylan Brown has been so impressive this year. Um, we've all seen it. Um, and from a Supercoach perspective, he's playing against Mitch Moses because you've got Mitchie playing on the right side, Brown on the left side, and Moses, who got a ridiculous amount of ball last year, had a really good average. He's been split between the two this year, and rightly so because of how good Brown's been. And I think they're just taking away from each other. They're both scoring decently. They're both scoring pretty similar scores. But none of them are getting those big scores that we saw from last year and even probably earlier this year because I think there's just a genuine pretty close to a 50-50 split between who gets the ball in attacking in the opposite red zone. I think Moses has obviously this year had someone speak to him, whether it's Joey, whether it's Arthur. He now knows he doesn't have to make those big plays constantly. He just moves them through the motion, gets them to the right spots on the field. It hurts Supercoach, but I think it it's huge for the Eels. Absolutely, mate. And, and that's it. On Mitchie Moses, he, it's it's only bettering his game having Brown there because it's just pressure off him. He doesn't have to be the, yep. the key attacker every time they have the ball. There's so much pressure off because of how good Brown is. I mean, Brown got a few games at the start of last year got injured with that, I think it was a back injury that was a bit um, iffy for a while there, missed three quarters of the season, so Moses had to take up the reins as the main playmaker, and mate, it's why Parramatta probably are a chance this year, because they're so lethal on both sides of the field, you've got Sevo and Fergo on the wings, Gutho's looking awesome out the back, so, um, you know, they are a threat this year. Speaking of Moses, the bloke next to him, Ryan Madison, having one hell of a season, isn't he? Oh, mate, he's a serious footballer, we knew it already, um, playing his 80 minutes every week though, but... He just looks like likely every time he hits the line. And we, we chatted before about like halves and halves isolating the opposition halfback. 
for their back row to come through. When they get um, Madison one-on-one with them, he's not a kick-out and he's not a Eliezer Katoa where he's going to barnstorm over the top of them. But he gets that offload out every time. The amount of second-phase play that creates, oh, he's a good footballer. The other one that I absolutely love in the Parramatta squad and, and in Supercoach, he's an absolute star when he's fit. We just don't see it enough. Nathan Brown. Yeah, mate, isn't he? You can't keep him on the field. I think he's just missed a bit of a, a less intense version of TPJ. Massive work rate on him, but he's either injured or suspended all the time, so he's um, just not quite getting the games at the moment. Let's move to Sunday, 4 o'clock. Jesus, if, if that was the game of the round, this one's not far behind. Canberra Raiders, Manly Seagulls. How good a game of footy is this going to be? I wish they were both on the Sunday. Imagine that afternoon. Oh, get on the beers about 11 a.m. Sunny Coast races kicking off at 12 o'clock into the footy. Dangerous. <laughs> uh, let's have a look at the Raiders squad, mate. Not No changes here, I believe. Horsburgh comes back in, of course. That's a big in for them. Um, George Williams, he's been blowing me away the last few weeks. Georgie, I love Jack and George in the halves of the Raiders. I love how direct they play as halves. Um, Josh Hodgson's really stepped up, taking control. He's always taking control of that Raiders outfit, but he's taken an extra step up in terms of getting them around the park and organising them, which has allowed Jack and George to focus on what they do best, and that's running the football. And that's bringing their edge back roles of Whitehead and Joey Tappany into the game, who are looking really good as well. That edge of White and um, Elliot Whitehead, they're carving up at the moment. Has uh, has Sam Williams given you any indication into what he's seen from George Williams, like the differences since Aiden Caesar's left? Hey, the team's taken on a very different dynamic for that reason. Um, I had big concerns whether or not... I'm very against having two five-eights playing the halves, two ball runners. I don't think it works. It's working at the Raiders now because of how good Josh Hodgson is. Um, there's Josh Hodgson and probably Cameron Smith are the only hookers in the competition who can have two five-eights playing outside them. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. The cohesion isn't there. The organisation isn't there. But that's why it's working. So uh, there's no reason why it can't continue to work. Um, and, mate, you've got uh, uh, halves, five-eights and halves are such focal points of attack for oppositions. Jack and George are two of the best defenders in the NRL. So where are the weaknesses there defensively? I, the Raiders don't have many. It's a good point you bring up about Joshy Hodgson and Cameron Smith. They're like they're they're hookers first, but they're second half backs, aren't they? Ah, uh, mate. So that's I don't if if there's any other hooker in the competition playing there, I don't think Jack White and George Williams work. But the Raiders credit to the the recruitment and Ricky Stewart. They saw this coming. They knew Hodjo could do the job. Um, God forbid what's going to happen if Josh Hodgson goes down, but it's working for now, so it can continue to work. I'm really looking forward to seeing George Williams uh, playing alongside Johnny Bateman when he hopefully eventually returns. I think they'll have a really good little combo out there. Isn't it? And they've they, the amount of Wigan players to come through that side into this raid side. George Williams, John Bateman have played a heap of footy together. Ryan Sutton played together. George and Ryan Sutton played juniors together. So there's a lot of cohesion there. And then obviously them fellas have played together in the English outfit as well. So you know, George Williams and um, Bader, they'll know each other's game perfectly. The other bloke I'm really excited to see for the Raiders, and you know he's earmarked himself as a complete and utter drop kick over the last few years, but I love him as a footballer. Hudson Young, geez, he can play. If he gets that shit out of his game, he could be oh, anything. I thought you were going to say Curtis Scott there, mate. <laughs> oh, join the list. Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, mate, Hudson's a good footballer, isn't he? He's a big body as well. Got a few eyes out, but he's a serious footballer. Issue for Hudson is they've got Tappany, who's an 80-minute player, 
Whitehead, who's native in the play, Corey Horsburgh, who's probably going to spend more time in the front row when Bateman comes back. Tapanay will go back to lock. Bateman will be on the edge and Corey will be in the front row. But just minutes for Paul Hudson. But, I mean, he's, he's a bit of a rookie still. He's young in his career and he doesn't need to be playing big minutes at this stage anyway. He can just learn under them fellas. Let's have a look at the Manly side. Uh, Tommy Turbo, obviously the superstar. How do you see him going against a strong defensive side in Canberra? The thing for Tommy is that he gets a day game. He's he's a really good... I mean, everyone's better in dry conditions, aren't they? Particularly backs, but particularly Tommy. He just thrives in the dry conditions. Um, faster tracks. There's been a few wet surfaces in Sydney lately, so he has a really good record against the Raiders, albeit last year was probably the first time they've been a good defensive outfit in the last decade, but... We saw Caelan Ponga put 159 on the Raiders two weeks ago. So while I don't think Tommy's going to do that and the Raiders will be fired up, um, they're a little bit off their game at the moment. So Tommy can, can go big. Mate, I'll tell you what. When um when the young bloke debuted on the wing last week, week Tavita Funa, I, the poor bastard, they just kicked to him all day with that, uh, with that young Brisbane winger just soaring above him all day. I was so happy to see him score that try. Wasn't it good, mate? <laughs> that coach... Coach should be playing for the Brisbane Lions. That boy can leap. And, yeah, poor old Foon would be having nightmares about that. But he held his own. He, coach did get over him a couple of times, but I think there was only maybe one try come of it. So he went all right. You could have given him a bloody stepladder and he still wouldn't marked up that. Like, that was mission impossible for him. I thought he did really well. Um, this team as well. I, the other bloke that's really impressed me lately has been Dylan Walker. I think as a 5'8", he's coming on incredibly quickly. <clears throat> Mate, I never thought Dylan Walker could move to 5'8". I thought he was a super centre. We know he was. He won a grand final as a centre. But um, has he developed into that role? And, I mean, playing alongside Daly Cherry, Cherry Evans has made it a lot easier for him. But um, And not even like – Dylan Walker's strength is his running game. He's sort of – his passing game's really good. His, um, his ball playing's been good. So, yeah, he's impressed me as well. Uh, the other big one to watch this week, obviously, no Marty Tapao. So, Adam Fanua Blake should go berserk again. I thought he was – huge on Thursday night. He's a super footballer for Noah Blake, and I, I know you've been a big fan of his for a while, so have I, and um, it'll be interesting to see how big a role he takes with Marty to power out, because, and I'm interested to see how the Manly four pack goes with Marty to power out, because I've been said that if Manly lose DCE, Turbo, and then either of to power off Noah Blake, I can't see them winning the comp. Because I think they're so reliant on them big four and they're reliant on Fanua Blake and Tapao for their go forward. They don't have a lot of depth off the bench in the middle. Jake Chaboyevich, awesome footballer, doesn't bring a tremendous amount of go forward. Fanua Blake, they're going to be relying heavily on him. So it'll be good to see. I think he will step up because he's that good, but he has a big job ahead of him against that Canberra pack. It's near impossible to replace a top shelf explosive front rower in 2020, isn't it? There's a lot of good solid front rows that can come in and do a job for you for 40 minutes, you know, hold down the middle, but they're not going to be that bloke who has a charge that gets the momentum and gets you on the front foot um, like Tapao and Fanua Blake can do. And, and to have them together is... Oh. We saw Fanua Blake come off the bench last week, which I thought was a good tactic from Desi, and Tapao weren't going off at the same time. And you see men mainly lose that momentum up front for that 20-minute period they're both off. Um, I really like the idea of scattering them. So whether or not he does that going forward when Marty's back, it'll be, yeah, it'll be inter- interesting to see. Especially in the modern game, like, like you know, for round one and two, Adam Fanula, Blake, and Marty Tapao, like, they used to make one of their big bard-stomping runs and it would turn the momentum of a set. Now, those runs, they turn the momentum of a game. It, like, they are just so crucial now. Don't they? Because of the, to point out the obvious, you get that repeat set of six. 
um, in the past, it's like, oh, you've won a penalty and, you know, we get another set of six, so all be it. But, you know, there's a 30-second stoppage. The team get their breath back. Now it does. It changes the whole complexion of the game because they've got, you know, six more tackles, keeps going. The opposition just stuffed. There's nothing you can do about it. Last game of the week, Cronulla up against Canterbury. Uh, Will Kennedy once again named at fullback. Moylan's in the extended bench. God knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> Mate, Sean Johnson, I just... If I had a strike weapon like Jesse Ramian outside of me, fuck, I reckon I could use him better than what Sean Johnson is at the moment. I just feel like Ramian's being wasted out there. Agree. I'll tell you what. The last 20 minutes of that game on the weekend, the Sharks were chasing points. Sean Johnson finally got off his edge and started playing as the second receiver. He was floating across the field on the left and the right side outside Chad Townsend, who's a classic first receiver, a traditional halfback. And SJ looked unbelievable. He was getting his back rolls, running hard, short, quick lines like we see him do with Nakora, but on both sides of the field. He'll come back to this week and he'll be stuck on that right edge and, you know, he'll be monotonous and sort of pretty one-dimensional, which is not a word you'd use to describe SJ with because he's not at all a one-dimensional player. But just let the bloke run free and, and roam a little bit instead of sticking on that right edge. The other bloke that's impressed me for Cronulla stats-wise, um, Aaron Woods, he's looked pretty good in Supercoach lately. Mate, he's come good. I've had, I've got him in my draft side, and we I nearly cut ties with him two weeks ago because he hadn't done much, but he's getting bigger minutes now. And I think the thing there is Andrew Fafida is so busted and just a shadow of him, his old self, which is a real shame. Um, Woods is playing bigger minutes as a result. Um, I will say this week, though, they've dropped Connor Tracy off the bench. So they've got four forwards there. Mm. Oh, sorry, they've got Talakai, who can play in the forwards right out in the backs. He's pretty versatile, but... Royce Hunt, Hamlin Ueli, Toby Rudolph are all middles. So whether or not that eats into Woods' minutes, I'm not sure. But um, he's been been impressive the last couple of weeks. I'll tell you who's – he really has disappointed me this year. I thought he was going to be an absolute star, uh, uh, Blake Braley. He just he just hasn't come on like I thought he would. I'm, I'm the same. He, he's been okay, um, but he's playing big minutes. He just – he's run – all you hear about from the experts who have seen him come through the grades in the Cronulla system is that he's got this – brilliant explosive running game out of dummy half and aside from a couple of glimpses last season off the bench I'm yet to see it so I mean I'm sure it's there but whether or not it's not translating to the top grade I'm not sure Mate it seems eerily similar to 10 years ago when I heard the same thing about Michael Leacher out of the Sharks Oh and the Bulldogs released Damien Cook to sign him Oh good God what a nightmare Mate, yeah. um, the Canterbury side, uh, Kieran Foran coming back in, he's made an o- obvious difference. I mean, they still got slapped the other day, but I think they look much better with him <laughs> in the side. Um, uh, Jake Avarillo, he's, he's looked pretty handy. He does look good. He's um, been a bit, of, a bit of a breath of fresh air for them. Mate, the one for me at the dogs, and I really respect Dean Pay as a coach. I think what he's done over the last couple of years to get this very mediocre roster off the canvas to like compete at the NRL level has been impressive, but... And not for the life of me understand why he had Dallin with Tennis Lesniak at fullback for so long. The bloke is a winger and only a winger. He's named him back at centre this week. We saw Will Hopawido go back to fullback two weeks ago and how much better have the side looked with him. I mean, there's no doubt it's coincided with Kieran Foran coming back in that lineup and being a bit more direct in the play. But, mate, I think they look a whole new outfit with Hopper at fullback. I've never seen Hopper play a bad game at fullback. No, and he's a guy who, for whatever reason, has his critics, but... He gets the amount of work. He has one of the best set of hands in the NRL. He's so light, light-footed. Oh, I think he's a really good footballer. And, mate, you saw against the Roosters, who were probably the best defensive side in the comp. He had them in pieces a couple of times on the weekend. 
The uh, the Enigma returns on the bench. Kerrit Holland. How does he play hooker? Does he, is he there as cover for the backs? How do you see them using him? Old Dutchy back in business. I remember start of last year, he was a massive supercoach prospect, and he just um, he can't seem to brush him, can you, um, mate? Jeremy Marshall King's been playing eighty minutes, and he's playing a pretty good role there. So whether or not they bring him on to give give Marshall King a little bit of a spell, I suppose that makes sense because. I mean, there's no reason to take any of the back five off. So, yeah, probably just a, a bit of a hooking role. Mate, who are you looking at for VCs and captains this week? <clears throat> Tough one. I've got Teddy N. Ponga, um, who ideally I'd be going VC Ponga, Captain Teddy, but obviously can't do when they're in the same position. Um, and Payne Hass is the other obvious one. So Ponga and Payne are both playing Thursday night. So I think I'll probably be putting the VC on Payne Hass um, and then the C on Teddy against the Eels. Yeah, I'm looking very similar. I'm looking VC. I'm looking at Payne Haas, and I've got Latrell Mitchell in my side. I don't mind him matched up against the Warriors. I unfortunately don't have Teddy and don't have a spare fucking zillion dollars to go and get him. <laughs> so I've got to do some serious homework here, Captain Wise. Um, I'll tell you, the, the other one that we didn't mention before that I was, you know, I've been talking about him for two years. I absolutely love the bloke, but his score disappointed me the other day a little bit. Harry Grant, I, I thought... I. I thought 80 minutes, my God, this could be a 70-point average. Yeah, I think that's probably more opposition-based than anything. He he didn't quite get through the workload that we I think we probably expected. He was getting through a mountain of tackles in the 60-65 minute stint he had in his first two games. But the Raiders are very good. They've got a very mobile forward pack. They're good at tiring out their op- opposing forward packs, and they're pretty tight around the ruck these days. So I think that's more that than anything. I'm keen to see him this week against not as dominant offensive side, and I think he can come good. Where, uh, what are your trades this week? Uh, I'm on the fence a little bit. I've got Capewell, so probably Luttrell, or my initial plan for Capewell went down was to get in uh, Cam Munster at 5'8", which I could do for Blake Braley through about four different jewels I've got in there. So I think that's the plan. And then with another trade, I'll probably just downgrade someone like Zach Lomax to earn a buttload of cash. Fair shout, mate. Mate, um, it's been a pleasure having you on again. Um, love to have you on in the next few weeks. Talk some super coach and uh, catch up again soon, yeah? Appreciate the call up, Guru. Cheers, mate. Thanks, brother. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, 